Greetings, Pear Shorfords and Retrogrades. Happy Saturday. Today, I come to you with the show with a friend entitled, Why We Are Not Pro-Life. Why I, for one, have had it with pro-life and why I've come to you and talked to you about this a little bit before. This will be more definitive. Why I am anti-abortion. I'm also anti-euthanasia as a separate matter, but these should not be linked. Today, joining me is my good friend, Joe Boca, who recently spoke at 40 Days for Life and, and had a funny interaction there. What's up, Joe? What's up, Tim? What's going on, man? Long time, no talk. Yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, hours since we've, we've texted. Now I know, right? <laughs> dude, I can't even begin to tell you how long I've been sitting on this issue I've done, you know, over the last year, maybe two or three shows on the inefficacy of so-called pro-life. And I've said this needs this movement has died. It has failed. It was never alive to begin with. It needs to go away and there needs to spring up from the ashes an anti-abortion movement in a, in a parallel anti-euthanasia movement. And we're going to talk today about, Joe, your experience what just happened is you are a 40 days for life anti-abortion speaker. Pro-life can't suffer anti-abortion, can they? Uh, no, they cannot. Uh, after my, my brief talk that I gave at 40 days for life, I did uh, the uh, Patchog chapter. I did realize that uh, as I was confronted by the, actually from the pulpit, she did the uh, woman who heads the Department of Bioethics and Life Issues for our local diocese, which is the Diocese of Rockville Center. The uh, woman who heads that department, uh, after I gave my what you could call anti-abortion talk, uh, went on to give some she she tried to clarify and give caveats basically on my behalf because I said and I knew going in that this would be the most controversial sentence that I would, would utter that you shouldn't have compassion on women who undergo abortions. So that, that message is unrepentant women. You said unrepentant women. I, I sure did. And then I said that to her after the fact, after she kind of excoriated me from the pulpit, uh, I said that, you know, I confront her. I said, you, you do know that I said unrepentant. And she's like, well, yeah, I know, but you were still a bit rough. And I'm just like, you do know we're losing. And I, one, of the, uh, one of the problems and one of the things that I addressed when I was speaking, uh, albeit briefly, that people seem to, even people that go around saying they're against abortion or, or pro-life, whatever it is, one of the problems that people have is that they tend to differentiate uh, abortion from prior mass murders like uh, the the Nazis or the Soviet Union or the Armenian genocide, they kind of they kind of separate it as though it, it's somehow different in kind when it's not, and it's actually it's actually far worse. So, and that's kind of, and that's kind of the uh, that was kind of the message that I was trying to drive home, only to only to realize that it was uh, com completely unwelcome and. After the fact, they did uh, they did this uh, rosary where every Hail Mary was uh, a petition for s such and such. And I found that most of these petitions were on behalf of the uh, women thinking about getting an abortion or murdering their baby instead of the the victims of the crime itself. Right. So I find I find that the pro-life movement broadly is really more about the, the women than it is about the the victims, Boom. the, the okay. actual children themselves. There it is. That that's it. So let's get into it really quickly. I want to I want to um, give five reasons why we are anti-abortion, not pro-life, not pro-life. There are five very compelling reasons. Folks out there, I think, will who are who are anti-abortion will find it hard to disagree with us, even if they're scratching their heads at this title. So let's get into that in a second. Yours is an instance, Joe of what I'm calling reason number three. And there is a rapport between reasons one, two, three, four, and five. We'll get into those in a second. First, I want to remind folks, like my friend Joe here, get out of your blue state where they excoriate you for being too anti-abortion, even at the Catholic churches, and get to a red state. Go to realestateforlife.org. 
realestateforlife.org will help you get from your blue state to your red state. That's what you need to do. It is the 11th hour in our country, even though our country's in its relative adolescence. And you need to be in a red state to be in a good place for your family. Go to realestateforlife.org. Also, like this video, subscribe, click the notification bell, leave a comment on whether or not you think we ought to be pro-life or anti-abortion. Also, if you want to share, support this channel, go to Patreon. That is Timothy J. Gordon at Patreon. And buy the channel books, which is to say, Ask Your Husband, which the pro-abortion feminists are still raving mad about. A, a woman who really takes it to him, my wife, Steph, in Ask Your Husband. Also, my book, The Case for Patriarchy, buy that. If you buy those two books, you help the channel. If you go to Timothy J. Gordon Patreon page, you help the channel a great deal. Okay, the five reasons. Joe, Joe we'll bounce these off of you. We're going to play your talk that got pulled down off of the 40 Days for Life uh, Facebook page by the chapter president there in, I don't know if it was Rockville Center. Uh, it was just too much heat for him to say that abortion is unequivocally wrong. It's murder, but it's also murder requires a murderer. So let's go through these five reasons real fast. Then we'll, we'll comment on them with you, Joe. Number one, why I don't call myself pro-life. Pro-life as a message since 1973 has definitively lost. It's definitively lost. It's a fundamentally bourgeois movement run by folks who cannot oppose themselves to anything. They simply don't have it in their weak, effete characters. I, I don't know how else to say it. I'm not trying to sound rude. A lot of these are people that are essentially good-hearted, but they're not fighters. Uh, compare this as part of reason number one to the abolition movement of American slavery, an evil that needed to go away. It was not called the pro-freedom movement, folks. They designated specifically what the ill was, what the grave wrong was, and who the villains were. That's the only way to get rid of an evil. We need to be the anti-abortion movement. That's fine. It carries with it a, a, a compliment. We need to also be anti-euthanasia. Uh, but remember, abortion and euthanasia are separate jurisprudential and separate legislative issues. Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health will hopefully sort out uh, Roe versus Wade this summer. And then we have more work to do on abortion. We, it, as a separate jurisprudential legislative matter, we need to also make sure that euthanasia gets gone in all 50 states. But remember, they, we, we, there's an anti-slavery movement, an anti-segregation movement. These were not pro-freedom movements, right? They, were, they, were, they specified what they were against. And the reason that pro-life refuses to do this and gets mad when its sons like Joe Boca or Tim Gordon say, let's specify what the ill is and who the villains are, they get threatened. They're like, no, we're, we're a bourgeois, tepid movement. Pro, we're a pro-women movement. This brings me to reason number two, that I'm not pro-life. I am anti-abortion. You can't do a deal with the devil. And pro-life, as anyone knows who's been to the West Coast or the East Coast marches, is fundamentally aligned with so-called pro-life feminists. They run the movement. Look at its leaders. I'm not going to get into names. I've crossed swords with some of them. Look at its leaders. That You can't do a deal with the devil. There's no such thing as an anti-Holocaust pro-Nazi movement. Abortion is the sacred you know, species of the feminists. It is the Eucharist of the feminists. It was given to America by the feminists. It is the prize calf of the feminists. You cannot have an alliance with feminism or feminists in the, in the anti-abortion movement. And folks like Joe Boca, folks like myself, we will not have it. If you go to the San Francisco West Coast March or the Washington, D.C. East Coast March, you will see definitively it is run for and by feminists for life. It's, 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 you know, false opposition. It's not real. It refuses, therefore, to designate. This is reason number three, because it's run by, you know, the folks who gave us this murder 
abortion, which is to say the feminists. Number three, pro-life will refuse to say who the murderers are. Now, I once spoke with a, a very, 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 very well-known pro-abortion, uh, anti-abortion feminist who said, I'm sick. I'm so sick of politicians being an- saying they're anti-abortion, but saying that there should be exceptions for rape and incest. I said, I agree with you, Ms. Blank, but I'm also sick of a similar inconsistency. Pro-lifers saying that abortion is murder, which it is, but it's a murder without a murderer. A murderer requires a murderer. And who are those murderers? They're the parents legislatively guaranteed it's always the mother. Sometimes it's the mother and the father of the, the slaughtered child, right? So it's always the mother. Sometimes it's the father. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes the father wants to keep the mother from slaughtering the child, and he's not allowed to. I once spent all night on the phone. Steph was in the room with an ex-gangbanger, with one of my professorial colleagues, who had said, Tim, you're really good at talking people down. Will you help this gangbanger? male gangbanger, talk his girlfriend down from getting an abortion. We successfully did it. Praise God. I think that was in 2014. And it was amazing. But he had to beg and plead with her not to kill his child. So it's always the mother, sometimes the father. This does not suffice for the pro-life feminists. They can't admit that this murder, like all other murders, requires a murderer. Okay? You can't do a deal with the devil. So there's a connection between reason two and reason three. Reason four is... According to numbers one, two, and three, therefore, pro-life will cancel those like my friend Joe Boca, who designate who the murderers are, who the unrepentant murderers are especially. They won't settle for that. We're going to play you his excellent speech at 40 Days for Life and why it got pulled off the 40 Days for Life chapter Facebook. Reason number five, pro-life leadership, which is mainly run by pro-life feminists, truckles in all the ways according to each of these premises like the above uh plus think about it they truckled in 2021 they truckled the covid they canceled the pro-life march plus even if you go to any of these pro-life marches they're sickly sweet they they stink of all the stuff the stinky stenches that we're talking about here they have to be positive all the time why can't we just be negative This is vile. This is worse than the Holocaust. This is worse than slavery. No one ever tries to be positive about Holocaust and slavery. They just say these are horrible, vile evils. Yes. Well, abortion is way, way worse. And our country cannot long keep its favor in the eyes of God for doing so. And the pro-life feminists who run the pro-life movement are weak sauce. They truckle at every turn. Uh, They don't like the specific anger against the murderers who transact abortions. Remember, it's, it's always the, the abortive mother in a kind of secondary way is that the abortion doctors. Abortion doctors aren't going around from home to home and aborting babies without the mother hiring them. They are the hitmen, like Pope Francis said. They are the hitmen. The mothers are the ones that contracted the hit, and, and sometimes the fathers, but not always. Okay? So they're what we call here on this channel in our, our book, on our program namesake, Rules for Retrogrades, Militant Moderates. Joe, yours was reason number three, but any of these you want to comment on, go for it now. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, first, you said that the uh, March for Life truckled to uh, COVID. Quite true. Uh, I wanted to remind people, too, that uh, I think at the latest March for Life, the main gala, uh, you needed to be vaccinated to even enter it. Reminded me a lot of Edgar Allan Poe's story, The Mask of the Red Death. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, one of the main things that uh, I want to kind of expound on was your point about the abolitionists and uh, and John Brown and how they were an anti-slavery movement, not a pro-freedom movement. So my the rhetoric and the tact and the philosophy of uh, anti-abortion that I've at least developed uh, expounded on it in my talk a little bit and just developed mentally uh, had a lot to do. Uh, with my studying during undergrad of uh, actually the Black Power Movement and uh, Stokely Carmichael and Malcolm X. So the reason that is, is I was kind of explaining it to you uh, when we weren't live, the difference between uh, stating something in the positive pro-life versus stating something in the negative uh, anti-abortion. So 
If you're saying pro-life uh, and, and, you know, going to Washington, D.C. and, you know, I, I always ask people, it's like, well, you're you're against abortion. Yeah. I went to the March for Life. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a, a mass murder of over 60 million people. And what have you done for years? You walked. Right. I, I mean, like right. the, the, <laughs> that's right. like it, it, it's 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 unfathomable. So uh, I'll reach I'll reach you a quote from uh, Malcolm X that I was just looking at. Um, so anytime you live in the 20th century and you're walking around here singing, we shall overcome the government has failed us. So it's the problem of the pro-life movement and this whole call for to overturn Roe v. Wade, which I grant it would be numerically better because less babies would probably die. But axiomatically, it's still a failure because you have you're operating under the assumption that the government has the right to say, okay, no, we're just going to, we're just going to stop killing babies now as though they had, they ever had the right to do that to begin with. And that right from jump, it wasn't a, wasn't an absolute catastrophe. And you want to talk about ultra virus. That's all that's ultra virus to the government. I mean, you, you, so, and then I, I was thinking to myself today that, if you merely took the event out of the womb, you know, a minute after birth, I don't, I, I don't know if anybody, I, I should hope not, that anybody would have compassion on a mother who took her, her child and drowned them in a bathtub a minute after, were, after they were born for the same reasons they might have an abortion. Yeah, I'm not so, sure. That's a good question. I think, I think true, truly true feminists would they'd say look the, the first rule of feminism is you never you never criticize a woman you know so I, I think they would if they're being honest they prevent the two which are there's an utter parody between them drowning your kid in a bathtub and having its brains jabbed out with a pair of medical scissors in the womb they're they're, they're equally wrong right so i i in a way the feminists are sort of more honest if they're pro-abortion, then the feminists who are anti-abortion. You see what I mean? I mean, I guess that's your point. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, uh, and to your point, the whole thing from 1973 onward was just completely DOA dead on arrival because it, it already accepted it already accepted the premises of Marxists and communists and and frankly Satanists. So it's uh there was another quote that I used in, in my talk that. Uh, in order for a people to be to be free, they have to be able to define their own terms. We've already capitulated in so many in so many respects, myself included, in you know, in a lot of ways, because, you know, I, I throw around the word abortion when the thing is just it's it's as much murder as if somebody just shot somebody in cold blood on the sidewalk. It's the same. It's the same it's equal in gravity. It's actually worse because you're talking about somebody who's, you know, completely innocent and completely helpless and defend. They can't defend themselves in any conceivable way. So and it's worse and it's worse, according to Aquinas, because killing someone in your family is inherently worse than murdering a stranger. Relationality matters. And it's worse than killing your brother fratricide to kill your child. It's the worst kind. It's, it's a different kind of even murder. But yeah, you're, you're right. And they're more innocent. So, but, but we've been operating and just speaking, speaking euphemistically about the, about this for, you know, since it's been a thing. And I, I don't know uh, exactly. We've talked about this a little bit. It's also one of the reasons why I, uh, why I stopped voting. So I, I don't, I don't believe in participating in, in a system where the binary is you either, you choose between uh, Democrats or Republicans, let's say, or a pro-life party and, and a pro-choice party, let's say, uh, you, you're choosing between one party that's um, genocidal and murderous, uh, if that's what they profess, and then the other party is one that just gives lip service to being, to being quote-unquote, against it. But we've, we're already so, so, so far gone axiomatically that we are okay with we've gotten used to hearing our own candidates quote unquote saying they're i'm against abortion except for instances in rape incest and life of the mother it's 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 
it's so unacceptable as to be like unconscionable, unconscionable that people would even consider that to be a live option. But because I, I often ask, I say, okay, would you be, if you, if somebody dropped you in 1932 in the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany or whatever, would you not be, would you not be panicking? Would you not, you know, hit the alarm bell and say that there's an emergency? Or if it was 1965 and they're, you know, they're, they're spraying black people with fire hoses right on the sidewalk, would you not be panicking? Because they, they, it, it is that, but again, it's worse. But re- rhetorically, to point that out seems to be completely anathema, apparently. So, yeah, they don't like it. They don't like it. I'll also say this, and I, I want to. Well, I don't want to tread too lightly. CPAC, since you just said it's 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 this false dichotomy between Republicans and Democrats, CPAC just famously excluded any anti-abortion speakers from their meeting. And I I've had uh, recently Matt Schlapp on this show. I think his book is very good. Uh, The Desecrators. Everyone everyone buy that book, support that book at Tan. But but there's that problem. The Republican Party is not actually anti-abortion. And that's why they excluded anti-abortion speakers. Also, um, the, the, the reference was made when they asked uh, Matt Schlapp, why did you not have folks out? He said, well, because pro-life is anything. It's so amorphous. Everything is pro-life. I, I, I think he meant it in a different direction. I don't think we're of one mind here uh, on, on the abortion thing. He, he might be more with the Republican mainstream than I am. But he is right insofar as it is so amorphous that technically everything's pro-life, right? Um, I would say this. I am not pro-all life. I love the death penalty. I love Ed Fazer and Joe Bassett's book on why the death penalty is good. I love just war. The Crusades, except for the Fourth Crusade, were just wars and were beautiful things. So killing is sometimes necessary and even just and therefore beautiful. Never against innocent life, though. Never abortion or euthanasia. So I'm not pro-life in every case. I'm anti-abortion. Now, I'd also comment, people are going to be talking about it in the comments. Recently, we had um, Matt Schlapp and Deal Hudson on about their, their really good book, The Desecrators. I wouldn't have had them on otherwise. I don't support the tweet that got ratioed about, about trannies or anything like that. So that's, you know, I make that clear. I don't attack the person. I attack the position. That's... That was that was a whack tweet that Schlapp did. But still, it's a good book. That's why I supported it. He needs to maybe reread his own book. People don't boycott the book, just boycott the tweet or something like that, because it's a good book by Schlapp and Hudson. I, I couldn't believe it. I had to do a double take when he supported Leo, whatever, the, the confused gender dysphoric man who swims. OK, so there's that. There's there's that issue. That's, I guess, wraps up reason number one why pro-life has lost fundamentally because we're because people who are anti-abortion like you and me, Joe, we're not pro all life. It's just not true. We're anti-abortion. Reason number two is probably the beating heart of all of the other reasons. It's allied with feminism. Now, I want to play really quickly your talk. We have video of it, Joe. And the reason, let's be honest, reason number two, Pro-life tries to ally with feminism. They're, in many cases, the leaders, pro-life feminists, pro-life feminists, uh, like an anti-Holocaust pro-Nazi party or something. Um, isn't it true that the reason that they ultimately pulled your talk off their chapter Facebook page is because you mentioned that in every case of every abortion, a woman is ultimately the font of the murder, I, a.k.a. the murderer? Joe's having a. So that was the. Having a. Can you hear? Yeah, yeah, you're coming in and out. You're coming in and out, but uh, yeah. Am I audible? Yeah, let's play. Let's play the video, and we'll we'll try to sort it out as we play Joe's video. This is from last week, forty days for life. Joe Boca gave this talk, and they took it down. It's an excellent talk perfectly executed it's a three-minute talk we'll play that for you guys and uh we'll talk about it afterwards it's it's the video quality's poor but but the audio should be good yeah let us know if you can't hear yeah i could hear you guys you know what i might 
There it is. There it is. There it is. Some people are saying they could hear it. Some are saying they couldn't. I, I don't get it. Uh, let's replay that on not on mute. I muted the mic. Sorry, folks. Let's hear the first part because I want you guys at least to hear what got Joe's video removed from the 40 Days for Life uh, page. I fixed my internet issues, too. We should be good going forward. Okay. It's, I think, yeah. Okay. You want to hit play? Here. So I was asking people what the pro-life movement could do better. So I'll begin. I have no compassion in me for a society that will crush people and then penalize them for not being able to stand up their weight. This is a quote from Malcolm X. So in, in it, he refers to the plight of black men and women during the 1960s. But his words are prescient for us in the pro-life movement, as I like to say, the anti-abortion movement. As we are defending a class of people who often fight literally crushed. Except this crushing is hidden from us. The murders occur in doctor's offices. They are performed by men and women in black coats. And instead of using weapons or fire hoses, they use medical equipment and chemicals. And no ladies and gentlemen, I do not have compassion for the murderers that perform these procedures. Nor frankly do I have compassion for the unrepentant who undergo them. So, there have been more than 60 million abortions since the past, or murders, I prefer murder to abortion, since the passage of Roe v. Wade in 1973. To give you all a historical comparison, between 10 and 20 million individuals were murdered under the Bolshevik regime in the Soviet Union. So yes, our country, which occasionally styles itself the freest in the world, is responsible for a mass murder that would make even the likes of Stalin blush. So what then can we do better? The other great figure of the struggle for civil rights was one Stokely Carmichael, and he gives us a quote which we ought to consider. It is the need of a free people to define their own terms. We must ask ourselves, are we operating under the terms of the enemy? 
by saying abortion instead of murder? Or under the terms of Christ, who knew you before you were formed in the womb, as it says in Scripture? Can we consider ourselves a free people, or will history look at us as a tyrannical and brutal sort that, so, that slaughters the most innocent and helpless members of its society? If you believe, as you must if you're here, that life begins at conception, then the answer is obvious. Are we going to plead with a system that considers us extremists to overturn Roe v. Wade and be satisfied with the outcome, as unlikely as it is, if it should come to pass? As we know, if Roe was overturned, the issue goes back to the states. So we will still then be a country that allows for the murder of the unborn. This is unacceptable. And to quote, uh, you know, to quote Stokely Carmichael again, that does not begin to solve the problem. And you folks in power that present that, you stand condemned. So we're here in a Catholic church. Are we going to continue to smile and march and hold up signs and, and smile our way in, in Washington, D.C.? Or are we going to speak as our Lord himself spoke? Uh, the last quote I will leave you with is from the Gospel of Matthew. But he that shall scandalize one of these little ones that believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone should be hanged about his neck, and that it should be drowned in the depths of the sea. So I plead with you, do not be ashamed of our Lord's words in the gospel. Do not argue on the terms of mur murderous tyrants. Do not negotiate with terrorists. Do not show false, false mercy and compassion. However, do defend the latest and most innocent victims of mass murder here in our society. Thank you very much. All right. That's a well done speech. Sorry. So that was six minutes of time because we played it one entire time. And some people were saying they couldn't hear it. We, we I, I thought it was fit because it's such a short speech to just play it entirely the second time again. Joe, congratulations on a good speech. Now, Thank you. what were you told about the reason they took it down? This is basically reason number four, following upon the alliance with feminism and the fact that then, accordingly, pro-life will say murderer, but no murderer. If you do say murderer, the pro-life movement will cancel folks like you or your talks or me or my talks. And that's a reason unto itself to, to, to say, let's remake the movement and make it an anti-abortion. What did they tell you about uh, why they pulled this down or what was the confrontation? Well, I could just tell you that um, from the day I gave the talk, uh, the problem that was stated with my talk uh, by by the uh, by the gal who works with the diocese. It was otherwise pretty well received um, by those in attendance, but uh, you know, people in charge being being who they are, she had a problem mostly again with uh, naming uh, naming the murderer in this case. Yeah. You know uh, that that being the woman who put a hit on her child. So that was the. Uh, that was the main reason why the entire thing had to be pulled. So it wasn't, you know, I was told it wasn't loving enough that, you know, and things of this sort. And I just told her, you know, quite, quite, quite simply, I told her that we're, you know, we're losing. And uh, she obviously had no answer for me because it's, it's self-evidently true, you know, numerically lost. We have lost abortion is yes, by yeah, most that's, metrics, that's by most polls. <laughs> it, it is more popular now than in 1973, by most polls, there are different metrics for this, by, but by most of them, more Americans support abortion now. Pro-life needs to go away. What needs to re-arise is a completely anti-feminist, because they're the, the executors of abortion, anti-abortion movement. We can't have an anti-Holocaust movement run by Nazis, right? <laughs> it's, it's eminently, eminently simple. And Again, these are just people that are more than happy to think to themselves that the people in power do have the the right to do what it is they're doing, and that is slaughter the unborn. It's reminiscent of a lot of the uh, COVID nonsense. I don't want to get you flagged, but what I see is a lot of I see this now, especially in New York, folks that are excited about certain mask mandates being lifted, uh, vaccine mandates being lifted of this sort. And people are, are thrilled to have their, their quote unquote freedom back as though the elites 
be had the right to take it away to begin with. So you see that they're thrilled that all of a sudden they could they could walk into a restaurant. But for two years being locked down, you know, we were locked down, told you can't do this, told you can't do that. They are happy to forget about that and just say, oh, well, you know, it, it was what it was. And, and just proceed as though everything's normal again. But uh, and I, I hate to tell everybody in a in a, in a post abortion and post baby murder world, not quite simply, nothing, nothing can be normal. Uh, and I mean, I mean, this uh, this quotation from from Malcolm X rhetorically, uh, but you have people you have people at the March for Life and he says they're they're too busy, too busy singing when rhetorically they should be swinging like you. You have to. You have to say what this is, have to have to say who's doing what and, and who's responsible. Yeah, exactly. And the leadership. So these are the four reasons that pro-life has failed. Abortion being more popular now than in 1973 in America. There are four obvious reasons. They all stem from the fact that, you know, again, number one, we refuse to call it anti-abortion. We refuse to designate number two, because the movement is run by feminists. They've done a deal with the devil. The, the feminists are all the quote-unquote heroes of the movement. Number three, therefore, the feminists won't say who the murderers are. The mothers. Even Pope Francis is right on this issue. The mothers are the murderers, and they hire a hitman, a secondary. Uh, I've argued with high-prominent <laughs> pro-life leaders on this one. Number four, when one lights out on one's own, like Joe Boca did, uh, last weekend, and says the truth, 40 days for life, and the pro-life leadership, which is feminist, will cancel them. They will pull their video down. They can't pull my video down. Um, so those are four reasons that I am anti-abortion, not pro-life. But the fifth reason is itself, the leadership is weak. The leadership truckles. Why does it truckle? We've just explained why. And I, without naming names, I can just say we need a new movement with new leadership. The, a, a woman, I was looking for this Homer Simpson quote when Homer calls a guy that he'd paid back a loan to. And he's like, hey, remember last month when I paid back that loan? Now I need you to do a favor for me, Homer says. And it's a joke because paying back a loan is not a favor that Homer pays his friend. At law, this is called pre-existent duty doctrine. You, you don't get to claim that it was a boon you did for someone if you did your duty. You owed that duty. A mother who carries her pregnancy to full term and refuses to become a murderer by aborting her baby is not a hero. Okay, my, my, my brother made this point on the Resistance podcast uh, last year after the pro-life march was canceled by its trucklesome leadership. You're not a hero, sorry, for having a baby. We could say, good job, you did your duty. You didn't become a murderer. My, my favorite person in the whole planet, my best friend, my wife, Steph, sitting right next to me, uh, her mother did the right thing, you know, and, and, and she, Steph comes from a uh, teenage mother, an unwed teenage mother. Steph, beautiful though she is, is a bastard. <laughs> um, I, my favorite bastard in all of Christendom. But so, no, I'm appreciative that the wrong thing wasn't done here, but we can't say that someone a mother that carries a pregnancy to full term is a hero. We shouldn't make these the shining exemplars of the anti-abortion movement. It's not. They just did the right thing in that instance when the conditions for the possibility of evil have been heightened by a, a precedent evil, usually premarital sex, always premarital sex. What am I saying? Always premarital sex, 99 times out of 100, uh, willful premarital sex, probably 99.9 .9 times out of 100. Um, so, to make these people heroes, this is like saying Homer Simpson is a hero for paying back a loan that he promised to pay back. He's not a hero. He just didn't become a thief by not paying it back. This is the problem with pro-life leadership. We need a new leadership. The, the, the people that have worked in the abortion industry or were tempted to have an abortion because of a tough situation due to premarital sex that didn't have an abortion, these people can be on board the anti-abortion movement. Yes. They should not be its shining exemplars. They should not be the heroes. They should not be the leading lights, says I. What do you say, Joe Boga? Yeah, it's funny. It reminds me of, uh, you know, every, I think everybody kind of like if they go to a, 
a parish or something like that. And there's a, an Orthodox priest there, you know, maybe he's wearing his cassock or something like that. You get kind of excited because it's just like, Oh, look, this, you know, I can kind of trust this guy to, to do the right thing, you know, make sure everything's valid and everything's in due order. But when the, you just realize that the expectation is so low that that should, it should be the norm, but it's, but it's the exception. So yeah, same, same being true of, of, uh, of pro-life anti-abortion. It's uh, funny. You see this kind of thing in, in, uh, in popular culture too, where if, if, uh, if a couple doesn't abort their baby in a movie or something like that, everyone says that the movie has like a quote unquote pro-life, pro-life message. message. And, yeah. and I'm just like, I'm just like, this is so stupid that like the, the, the window has been shifted and we've been so browbeaten to a point where we think that the, that the, the norm is to, is to abort and not to birth. And I mean, well, I, oddly enough, that's true uh, for, the uh, the black community in the city, as a matter of fact, the, the last I checked, they actually um, the abortion rate is higher than the the birth rate. Oh, well, so, higher. it's like 75 yeah. percent of babies born in New York City. Black babies are are, are murdered by them. Correct. Murder. And it's it's uh, it's it's systemic, obviously, because we you know, we look at we look at the fact that, Pete, you know, Sanger, you know, who founded Planned Parenthood was an avowed eugenicist and, and racist. But these are the kind of things that when you, when you point them out to people that are, that are for abortion, they never have an answer. And they're just like, oh, I guess she was a product of her time or something like that. But you, you get, you know, you just say to them, it's just like, it's like, no, it's like, she said she wants to exterminate the black population. And then that's what, she, that's what happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? She, she was mean. She it was wasn't racist. an anomaly, <laughs> yeah. you know? I also hate the fact, though, Joe, I, I think you'll agree with me here. I, I you know, that, that's that's really bad of Margaret Sanger that she wanted to kill certain babies and not others. You know, it's it, black babies that is mean of, and bad of her and a sin that she was a racist. But I also hate that we have to make this appeal about Margaret Sanger wanting to kill black babies and not white babies in order to extend a hand to the, you know, tepid moderates and say, well, you already know moderates that Margaret Sanger popularized abortion exponentially in America, and you don't give a shit about that. But we're going to get you hopped up by by saying she was also a racist. So like, well, being a racist isn't as bad as being a mass murderer. It's bad, but yeah. it's not nearly as bad. So I, it shows you what inverted values Americans have, Republicans have, moderates have, anyone other than someone who's on the extreme right has this perverted set of values. Now, I want to address something you said about Roe. It's very important in this time period now, uh, the, the interregnum or whatever you'd call it between the decision on Dobbs versus uh, uh, Jackson Women's Health, the Supreme Court uh, case we're waiting to hear, and, and the actual reading of the hearing in June or maybe July. It will hopefully at best overturn Roe versus Wade, it will not make abortion illegal in all 50 states. This is a tricky issue because all 50 states are the true republics. There are 50 peoples of America, right? The, the, the 50 peoples of the 50 states is what I'm teaching. I'm, I'm a neo-confederate, okay? So people ask me, well, well, then what after Roe, assuming the best comes to pass and all you hope for happens, what after Roe? Then what I say after Roe as a neo-confederate is this is the issue. <laughs> you hear me plug real estate for life every show, right, people? What we need to do once we're all in the red states, the blue states, if, if the issue of abortion is given back to the states, so-called, um, we need to say we will not be part of a nation with you. We need to leave. The red states need to leave. Uh, abortion is a big enough issue, far, far bigger, far more important than slavery. The slavery was a, a, a grave evil. Uh, abortion is a far graver evil. We need to say, let's cut the country up. The red states need to leave together. We've got a, a contiguous geographic block. The, the, you know, the, the blue idiots on the left and the right coasts of the country will not, so they're screwed, they're SOL. We need to, once Roe is turned back to the states, God willing. We need to say, now we're leaving. This issue is worth cutting the country up over. So I, 
I haven't said that super explicitly lots. I hint about it lots as early as my book, Catholic Republic. But this issue is worth, it's a hill worth dying on. It is the issue. If the Holocaust or segregation or slavery were hills to die on for the peoples of those eras, well, this is 100 times bigger than any of them. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot has been said about secession and things like this. Uh, but, you know, I use the S word. But um, yeah, I, again, I, I think it's I think it's obvious, but I guess I would would uh, throw a question to you um, that the. And you would be a little more knowledgeable on this than I would, but that the American system could allow for abortion to be legal in any respect. Uh, does that mean there's an inherent problem? Or that there's like an inherent poison in the entire thing? No, because in order, no, it doesn't. Uh, it okay, doesn't because I'm, th- I'm thinking. I mean, if you have, if you have to, well, that's, I guess a, that's would, a Lutheran. That's a Lutheran response. Perversions of liberty are called license. Uh, right, yes. It's not a rule proving exception. So a licentious misuse of liberty does not liberty make. Does not disprove liberty. Um, and and. Okay. So it's a we live within a sovereignty within a sovereignty. Uh, it, the, the founders called it imperium in imperio. The states were supposed to make all the big, important moral decisions, the 10th the Amendment type decisions, health, safety, welfare, morals, uh, security. Those are the five powers that fit under what we call the police power of the state. I said this to Sora Bamari when he was debating fruity David French. David French thinks that. Um, <laughs> That it's good that that trannies can read to kids in libraries and, you know, who knows, probably try to molest them while they're at it. Uh, I said, Saurabh, look, man, it is a state's issue because your state is your sovereign people. So the sovereign people of New York, that's those that's your polity. Your polity is not this continent sized Leviathan America. And he's like, well, what do I do? I don't want to leave New York. I was like, well, you're morally accountable for your polity, New York. Once you get to a place like Mississippi or Alabama that's trying as fast as they can to get rid of abortion, you're no longer morally accountable for it. But I'll grant you, Joe, most people nowadays think they don't know what um, Imperium in Imperio is. They don't understand what American federalism is. They don't understand that the 50 states or the 13 original states were called states because they are our country. Mississippi is my, my republic. So because there's such a widespread misconception about this, I would just say, yeah, we just need to group off and, and, and have at least nullification, if not secession, with the red states who get rid of abortion post-June uh, or July 2022, assuming the best, that the holding in Dobbs versus Jackson women's health will not be a knife in the back by any of Trump's three crappy Supreme court picks who all three of whom I suspect might knife us in the back. The only ones I trust that are, that are rock solid rock ribbed originalist conservatives are uh, silent Sam Alito and Clarence Thomas. uh, One of my favorite men in America's Catholic Clarence Thomas and in Catholic Sam Alito. So we'll see what happens. But assuming the best, yeah, we need to break off from the 20 or so, 20 to 25 states who are blue, who will be pro-abortion. That's how you solve the issue. But no, it does not prove a systemic problem. Imperium in Imperio states' rights is never a problem. It is subsidiarity. The Catholic Church demands it. Pope Pius XI wrote, it is inherently a grave moral evil to have a center like Washington, D.C., a nerve center making decisions on important police power type decisions like tranny reading hour or abortion when that should be made at the locality, uh, the state capitals. We are Catholic. We believe in subsidiarity. Sure. Uh, To the point about Roe, I I think it's very unlikely that he gets overturned. So I I, unlikely to the point where I'd I'd almost bet that it's not going to happen. but yeah, that, that, that's interesting what you said about uh, subsidiarity and everything. And I more or less agree. So I think therein, you know, you would have a states like Mississippi, Alabama would in effect house the true, true America or something like that. And as such, I mean, 
you couldn't call the states united or you couldn't really have any unity with a state like mine because it's just if one if one allows for for this kind of kind of grave evil there's just there there really can be no kin between that kind of that kind of good and that kind of that kind of evil so i mean it's 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 entirely necessary but as you said the uh and I know who, whom you refer to uh, when you talk about the leadership of the the pro life movement. I mean, it, it is it is quite it is quite a thing. And I've I've uh, I've I've named her on Twitter. It is quite a thing that um, the the figurehead for the for the pro life movement is somebody whose conscience was at at a point so so dulled, and her heart was so hardened. To the point where she oversaw, I couldn't even begin to guess how many abortions. And now people like that are supposed to speak for me. Right. No, no, there's no chance. There's no chance. Confess, go into private penance. We're glad to have you on the right side of things. Anyone who's uh, personally uh, been the director of a a Planned Parenthood. We're talking about Abby Johnson, of course. I I, I don't want to be, I don't like playing games with names. I would, I would have named her. I didn't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Whatever. I I don't want to play games. Look, that's glad. We're glad to have you on this side of things, uh, Miss Abby Johnson. If if they're actually on our side. If you're actually on our side, there's some question about a Facebook post you made the night before you left and your your reasons for for leaving. But uh, let's, let's be charitable. And let's give the benefit of the doubt and pretend I've never seen that Facebook post, which I have, and just say, we're glad to have you on our side. I'm glad that you've been to confession and all that. I just think that the leadership of a movement should be, by and large, generally speaking, members of the movement that got it all along. It would be one thing if it were a more morally complex issue, but to to aver that one has to have seen thousands of babies killed overseeing it or being their director whatever that means in order to know that it's wrong to kill little innocent babies is an absurdity and this is not someone that belongs in leadership of a movement same thing i don't i didn't have to try heroin to learn that it's wrong i you know i i knew it was wrong without trying it so i i do object at that level i i will say this though okay on on abby johnson's behalf i'm glad that she made the right decision and turned it around because of the shadow of the cross. It's never too late. I hope the motives are, are pure, but um, I just don't want those people in leadership. I want them in the rank and file and maybe go into, go into hiding for a little bit or, or go into silent prayer and penance for a little bit. Don't turn around and the next day pitch yourself as a pro-life leader, which is exactly what happened. That's not right. That's disordered, but I'm glad to have you on our side just as a silent member. Yeah, this is like letting one of the guards at Auschwitz or the guards at the Gulag uh, end up being the anti, you know, the head of the anti-Nazi movement or the head of the anti-Bolshevik movement. Uh, A whole lot of sense it makes, if you ask me. But again, this is the cognitive differentiation that people are making between abortion and the other mass murders. Yes. Where that is that is entirely fake. And so there's two there's two ways. And again, there's two ways that we look at sides that we kind of went over is like, well, I'm glad to have you on my on my side. Right. OK, yes. so forgetting the for, forgetting the forgetting the Facebook post. Uh, and I could use her, Abby Johnson, as indicative more broadly of the pro-life movement, forgetting the Facebook and everything. Quite simply, those people aren't on our side. They're not. If 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 they if their rhetoric is more concerned with with abortion hurts women and all that. Right. If, mm-hmm. if their rhetoric is more concerned with that, they're not kin to me at all. No. And that no. they, they're enemies. They just, yeah. they just, they just are. This yeah. is Ho- this- the Holocaust. Sorry to break in, but the Holocaust hurts the people that, that do it. It hurts the Nazis. No, you're, you're not on the same side, right? I don't want the Holocaust of any innocent people. And there've been lots of Holocausts in the history of the world. But in this case, we're talking about thirties, 1930s Holocaust. If your main reason for being anti-Holocaust is because it's bad for its executioners and its implementers, then you're not on my side. If your main reason for being anti-abortion is that abortion hurts some women, well, then you're a feminist and you never got it. And by the way, I should say, sorry to interrupt you, Joe. I, people hate when we interrupt, but I want it. It was such a great point you made. 
that was the, the pro-life leader that I was referring to earlier. I wasn't going to say it, but then it got too quick, too, too coquettish to, for me to not say it. So yes, yes I, had obvious, right? debate, yeah. <laughs> I had this debate publicly yeah. with her where I was like, um, so a murder requires a murderer, right? Why don't, why don't your juries hang murderers? As Mark Twain asks about Southern uh, slavery juries. Um, and, and Abby Johnson was, was told me on Taylor Marshall's channel, I don't, I don't want to call the mothers who commit these murders, murderers, I'm uncomfortable with. And I'm like, well, this is exactly what you're doing. And you're criticizing in Republicans who say that um, uh, in the case of rape and incest, it's not an abortion. It's a problem, right? So I, I am glad to have her on our side. If she's on our side, let's be charitable and assume she is. I've just heard a lot of pro-women rhetoric from her and others who run the pro-life movement. I'd like to hear more pro-babies rhetoric, which, which includes half of them are women. I think a lot I think a lot of women are also just sick of the pro women rhetoric at these pro life marches. If we're really there for the unborn and the innocents being slaughtered, I really don't want to hear about the women. I want to hear more about the babies and I think that really is what's going on and where we're we're fault where we're 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 losing the culture battle because we're 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 directing everybody's attention where where it doesn't need to be. We need to focus on the babies. The babies are the victims. The babies are innocent in all of this. And if we keep trying to hitch our wagons to the racism issue with Margaret Sanger or the feminism issue with, with the women, this is why conservatives are always such big losers because we're always trying to hitch our ideas to make them more palatable to leftist causes instead of just saying we are against killing babies this is what we're against yeah you just want to yell how hard is that you know what i mean yeah, yeah <laughs> it seems exactly. it seems so it seems so simple and it is it is that simple but again this is i i've probably said malcolm x's name five times already but i'll keep saying it because the um the correlation between the two i just is, is stark to me and kind of interesting uh because people on his side and in, in his movement flawed as he was would have criticized people like Martin Luther King for, for sit-ins, right? When they're, when they're sitting in the restaurants, the whites only restaurants and things like this and asking in effect groveling for approval. That is exactly what we're doing by the March for, and not where I don't partake in that. That is exactly what they are doing by the mark, by, by the March for life, going to DC and, you know, walking for a bit in the cold and then going home. It's, it's, it's absolutely no different. You're mm -hmm. asking, you're asking for the, how stupid is it that you're asking for the approval of murderers? Why are you doing that? Just stop mm -hmm. doing it. You're, you're the, the rhetoric coming from you has to be refusal. This has to end by fiat and that you don't accept their premises at all, at, at even a little bit. And it has to be frank, frankly, uh, political separation that you just, you know, I want nothing to do with those people. I, you know, keep your, keep your approval. I, I, we, we don't need it. You're, you're a, you're a killer. Right. Approval, approval from, from murderers and, and villains is condemnation from God. It, right. So we, we don't want it. And whether or not, you know, I'm, I'm not the judge, I'm not the arbiter. I'm happy to have as many people. I don't give a shit whether it's a man or a woman people on our side that I guess ultimately will vote this down if that's going to be the way we take abortion down. So I'm happy to have all of the the, the repentant, I want to distinguish here, the repentant uh, abortive mothers and abortion directors on our side, voting on our side. I'm happy that they can get square with the Lord. That's not my issue. That's their issue. Work out your own salvation with holy fear and trembling, right? But I am happy for them. Um, I'm happy for the babies that they've had since then that they would have aborted. I'm happy, happy, happy in general that they're on our side. I don't want them as my leaders. They don't speak for me. I do not want them as my leaders. I want as my anti-abortion leaders, folks that knew this most obvious precept of human life, A, don't murder, A, prime, don't murder your own kin. Who knew that all along? Because I knew it since I was a little boy. And so did you, Joe. And so did Steph when she was a little girl. So those are the people that are going to be the fiery uh, firebrands uh, that really feel this, that say the right thing and do the right thing because they, they felt it a little bit, a lot, 
more viscerally than those who had to murder a bunch of babies first. I'm glad they're on our side. I'm glad they're right with the Lord, but they, they should be in the rank and file. They should not be the leaders. Can we leave it quite there? simply? Quite, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, and, and I mean, I would just, I beg Catholics and, and Christians of, of all stripes, uh, not to sound too ecumenical, but whatever, uh, just, you have to, and a lot of it's a lot of it's a mental and psychological thing because we've been gaslit by you know by a basically a satanic regime for a long time into normalizing it, which which they've effectively done. But you what you what has to occur up here, and then in practice, is the realization that right now, currently, you're you're living in you're living under a regime that is significantly more murderous than the most murderous regimes in history. So in many cases combined, that's what, that's what you're experiencing. You drive past the extermination camps, probably on your way to work every day. I know I do. Uh, And just, you have to sit down, reflect, meditate, read, read history and think about historical responses to that and what these realities entail. It's very grave. And I just, I would call on everybody to confront that. I I like that. I like that a lot. And because these Satanists, and let's say who they really are in this case, they're the feminists, uh, have been dealt with, negotiated with, capitulated to, and in many cases run our anti-abortion movement called the pro-life movement. It's it's semi-converted feminists who run it, not all the way converted, the proof is in the pudding. What's the proof? Joe's very nice, pithy, three-minute anti-abortion speech gets taken down. Why? Not Because not it's mean. It's anti-abortion. That's too anti-abortion. That's too specifically calling out what the evil is. We need to be pro-life because that's unoffensive. Oh, anti-abortion is offensive. Pro-life people is, it sounds nice. Well, I'm not pro-all life. The, the pro-life movement is built on this modern lie of the seamless garment it's built on the diabolical satanic lie of the seamless garment that all homicide is wrong it means taking the life of another that uh even even a murder a soldier who kills in a just war that's wrong no it's not even the state which holds the prerogative which kills the guilty accused that's wrong no it's not those are the killing of, of, a, of a man, of a human being, and they're not wrong. I'm not against those. I am against the killing of the innocent, especially by their mother and or father, but always their mother. Here's the last and can I just make a plea to, to women, to Catholic women in, in general, to please stop abiding the feminist narrative within the anti-abortion movement? As mothers, as women, we're the ones that are bringing forth life we're the ones that are holding this life sacred in our bodies for, for the nine months that, it, that it's there. It's our job to start changing the talking narrative, not about ourselves, not about fellow women, but about babies. As the bringers forth of life, women, we need to stop this nonsense about talking about ourselves. We are mothers. We're Catholic women. Talk more about the babies. It's psychotic narcissism. Another Yet another mark. Another indicia of the psychotic narcissism of feminists, the diabolical narcissism of feminism. Remember, feminism is the original sin. Adam and Eve swapping roles. All of humanity fell because of feminism, people. Read my book, read Steph's book, Case for Patriarchy, and Ask Your Husband. It's the mark of of, uh, the diabolic is narcissism. And women, feminists who run the pro-life movement, keep it from being an anti-abortion movement. They keep it a, a, an anti-death penalty movement and they keep it about themselves. This is about women. No, it's not. No, it's not. I don't care about anything but saving the babies, male and female. I do not care about this as a women's issue. It is a fetus's issue. It is not a woman's issue. Okay. Slavery was a slave's issue. Slavery was not a uh, I, I'm against slavery because it's bad for the souls of the plantation slave owners. What? It's crazy. It's <laughs> they sick, might be man. they might be traumatized by their by their bad action, by their sin. God. 
Yeah, the yeah. sinner's always traumatized by the sin. Which I'm sure they will, but you know, it's that it's not that's not even secondary. No, no, it's quaternary at tertiary. Yeah. No, I, I don't let them work out their own holy fear and trembling. They're not innocent. The babies are. No one is there to speak for them. Even the pro-life movement. Burn it, salt it, rebuild an anti-abortion movement. Yes, we can also we can build an anti-euthanasia movement, but that's not nearly as pressing a matter as abortion. This is 1859 with regard to slavery, if I'm to draw an analogy. We need to burn down the pro-life movement uh, metaphorically. We need to, from its ashes, bring forth a hard anti-feminist anti-abortion movement. And and Joe, your, your speech was excellent. Sorry for the technical difficulties, people. The show has already gone long. Thanks for joining me, Mr. Joe Boca. You're a good man. Uh, and thank you for Thanks, your talk. Tim. Thanks for having me, Tim. Uh, I, uh, I appreciate having the opportunity to uh, talk about this issue in this particular way, as I, uh, I do think it's very important. Yeah, good. Well, I wanted people to hear it. Now, they're going to, I guess people out there, parish orphans of retrogrades, you heard the end of Joe's talk first because they're saying it was muted. And then you heard the beginning part second, but you heard the part where, uh, you know, Joe was saying, no, I, I'm not I don't have my mind in the foremost place on the unrepentant mothers and doctors who are the murderers. My mind is on the babies. That's exactly what the point of today's show is. That's exactly what the point of remaking the pro-life movement into a truly anti-abortion movement is all about. God bless you guys. Let's end abortion this summer. And after we ended at the federalized level, we need we need the red states to break off from the blue states over this issue because we can't be allied with blue states. It is not a res publica, a public thing that St. Augustine talks about. We have to have a res publica in common, a moral a moral center and uh, a house that's divided against itself cannot stand. So let's see what happens this fall. That's why people are in my constitution class on timothyjgordon.com because they can they want to know what the terms of the debate are constitutionally speaking. God bless you all. Deus volt. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.